Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe Jacob. What's up, Heat Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. You can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And we got the panelists with us today. We got George, Taylor, and um, Kay. And we got a great episode ahead of us, so let's get right to it. You know, last night, the Heat played their first preseason game. And it honestly felt like forever since the last time we've seen the Heat play basketball. Because the last time we saw them take the court, we all know the tragedy that went down on May 29th this year. So to just have Heat basketball back, it was great. You know, like I said, it felt like forever. And we saw a lot, you know, and I really don't want to overreact because it is preseason. But even then, I couldn't help but get excited when I saw certain plays take place. Like, I don't know about y'all, but when I saw Bam shoot and hit that three, like, a part of me felt like we was already going to win the championship. Like, like, it honestly felt like that. I had goosebumps when I saw that. Even that, just that one play in specific. But, you know, overall, it was just a fun game. And even though we lost, it was against Minnesota. And y'all know how it is with Minnesota and these scheduled L's we take against them. So it is what it is. But overall, Heat basketball is back. Like, you know, I want to know, like, I want to discuss with you guys, like, how are we feeling now that we finally got Heat basketball back on our television? And um, you can to give us your take, uh, George. Yeah, you know me. I'm happy as ever to see our Heat basketball back. I hate the two and a half, three months of time where you just have to wait. At least it's free agency to let things happen. But since we didn't do anything, it got even more boring. So the fact that it's back is happy. Um, um, makes me really, really happy. But the uh, fact of the matter is we had a Yurt 7 and Bam front court yesterday. And I've never wanted to throw a lineup in the bin so quick in my entire life. I swear to God, I was so upset. Um, look, there's definitely a lot of uh, good points from that game. You know, we had a, a Bam looking aggressive, took 11 shots in the first half, which was just incredible. I, I see that uh, bullying works and he Twitter got to him finally. Really like looks like he's going to expand his role this year. So it's going to be great to see how he develops. Um, Tyler looked comfortable. He came into the room a couple of times as well, made some stupid plays through some bad passes that we're expecting every now and again, so it was fine. But um, uh, look, I'm, I'm happy that it's back. It's going to be a long, uh, hopefully a good season as well. So we'll see what happens. Nah, you spitting. And let's see, I know you got something you want to say, kid. Yeah, man, just to address the um, initial question, you know, about how you feel or how we feel to have Miami Heat ball back, man. It's always a wonderful thing um, when the Miami Heat are playing basketball. And as you also, you know what I mean, uh, lean towards is is just too early for me. You know, game one of the preseason to make mass assumptions. Um, neither Max nor Duncan shot well. So if you're looking for something um, at that two guard position, you want to keep an eye on that as well as potentially what Oladipo and Hero may do. Hero had a good game, didn't shoot it well from three. Um, well, didn't shoot it great from three, two for five, I believe. Didn't shoot it as well as he could, but two for five isn't bad. So you know what I mean there. But um, yeah, man, just looking forward to the rotations, the lineups. I don't think we fell far as far back in the East as many others do. Um, not as impressed with the moves that were made around the league. 
um, or around the East specifically. And even though we didn't do, you know, what a lot of people hope we would do with free agency, um, as far as, you know, making a big move, whether that be Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, even though the rumors say that we weren't interested in him at all, um, you know, even filling that power forward spot left vacant by P.J. Tucker's exodus. I mean, I feel as though we still come into this season with a pretty good chance to do what we did last season, which is compete at a high level and even make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Because if you look at game seven, um, you know, after competing against the refs and the Celtics, for the first two or three games of that series, for us to even get to a game seven was amazing, especially considering the fact that everybody had written us off after the first couple of losses or whatever. Um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to see what Caleb Martin does. I'm really impressed um, with how he, you know, showed up in the first game, shot the three, shot the jump shot. I want to see what those other guys at the four do. From Haywa Highsmith, I hope Jovic gets an opportunity. I'm really interested to see Darius Days, but like I said, just glad to have Heat Ball back on my TV, man. I'm glad. I mean, well, I'm sure the rest of you all are just as excited as I am. It's just a wonderful thing. Right. You know, and great point, because at the end of the day, like, you know, we didn't get the move that we want, but you know what? Heat basketball is back, and you better believe that I'm going to bank on the internal improvement of this team. So, as you mentioned, I'm going to count on the guys like, you know, Caleb Martin, you know, Tyler Hero, now that he got his back. You know, I'm going to count on them to do their thing, and I got faith in them, mainly because I'm always going to be optimistic at the Heat fan, and also because, you know what, they're my guys, I'm going to ride with them no matter what. And uh, what's your opinion, Taylor? So for me, my serotonin levels are right back where they used to be during the season. So just seeing them on the floor, you know, a win or lose, it's just great to see them uh, playing again and seeing something that I'm passionate about on the floor again. Uh, I feel like, you know, even though we uh, didn't get the win, um, we saw some promising things that I know will improve throughout the season like uh, Bam making that three-pointer was very, very promising to me. It didn't seem like it was a lucky three. It seemed like, you know, he shot it well, and it's been, you know, practice for a minute. Um, who else? Uh, Tyler Hero. Uh, you know, he put up, you know, a good amount of points in the first half, which I'm, you know, happy about. But I, but I do think that in order for him to uh, prove to, I guess, everyone else that that extension was worth it, he needs to have at least, like, I think, at least 25 points. He needs to have at least 25-point games. So I think um, he's on the right track, you know, to getting there. And uh, when it comes to, you know, how we played and how our front court was, I think once we get, um, you know, Jimmy on the floor and once we get Kyle on the floor, get our facilitators on there, uh, that'll um, open up some shots for people, you know, who like Bam or like uh, or Tyler or Duncan to get those shots available and to get them off efficiently. I think once our facilitators are back, and are on the court with them and we get that flow going and we get that chemistry, uh, you know, all mixed in, I think we're going to have a pretty, you know, pretty good season. Yeah. I want to touch on a point as well. Um, I know it's preseason. I know it's obviously we just had a 48 minute uh, game to, to base our opinions off now. Uh, but I, I just want to explain, like explain how good Caleb Martin actually looked yesterday um, with someone having some, uh, some serious questions asked about them coming into the season. Was he worthy of the contract? Um, the rumors about him starting the fall, which are looking more promising now. But the fact that he, you know, he looks like he shuts better. He looks like he's um, he's improving. He made some uh, effort to put some muscle on as well. Such a great thing to see from someone who's, um, whose expectations are going to rise this year. I know he said, um, uh, he had a quote yesterday. We're saying, uh, I don't think that he's, uh, that my role will, cha- will change that much. I feel like it will. 
in a good sense as well. I feel like he t- he brings a lot to the table when he is healthy, when he is doing what he does best. I think he um I think he really he really takes advantage of the fact that people uh, are banking on him and he can um he can perform. So I mean, to hit on a couple of points that both of you guys made, um, you know what I mean, both George and Taylor. Um, it's basically a situation where neither result is bad, but you know what I mean? You're looking for as much improvement as possible. And I speak towards Caleb Martin and Tyler Harrow, just not to conflate the two topics. Um, back to Taylor real quick. 25 per game. I'm not sure if he'll get there. It's not because he's not capable that the shots won't be there. It's just that when you look at what you might get from Vito Lodipo, this team is really deep when you consider the wings and the guard. So I actually said 23 a game uh, yesterday or the day before that in a piece um, that I wrote for All You Can Heat. As you guys know, I'm actually the site expert over there too. So a piece that I wrote on the message to him after the extension is that, you know, you're a starter on 28 other teams minimally in the league. And the money we give you, the money we gave you says that just not here because of how we most efficiently and explosively operate right now. But you still need to go get me 23 a game. And not that the 25 isn't a feasible number, not that I'm saying you're wrong, because 25, he's fully capable of it and should be doing that on any other team. It's just that with the depth of this team at the guard um, position and the wing position, especially when you consider Oladipo, when you consider Caleb Martin, Gabe Benson. When you consider Max Strews, hopefully Duncan Robinson has a revival if he isn't moved before by the trade deadline. It's just not going to be um, a ton of opportunity for him to just be, you know, a 25, 30-point guy every night. But I do agree with you there for the most part. As far as Caleb Martin goes, I think that he's been showing this evolution for the better part of a year now. Um, if you look towards the middle of last year, um, even towards the end of last year, by the way, I had begun to note it. Um, if you notice, just with like the intermingling injury, whether that be Jimmy, whether that be PJ, whether that be Dwayne Dedman sitting out, um, and just how the lineups were sliced in, you could always see this transition or this permanent residency at the four spot happening for Caleb Martin. And not that I thought PJ Tucker wouldn't be there beyond last season. Of course, I hope that he would because he was so key. But let's not talk about that because he's the enemy now. But I always saw that four spot being something that Caleb Martin could grow into at a very rapid pace because not only does he get it done in a very dirty work but intangible type of manner, but he's versatile in the fact that he can give you something in all areas of play, whether that be defense, rebounding, in the passing lanes, offense, but he's able to guard guys that typical wings his size isn't. And whether that's due to his explosiveness, his willingness to work, or whatever, you know, you could see that happening from him. So just everything you mentioned, along with the versatility on offense, the added muscle, I really think that he's going to thrive in that role. And I wrote that recently, too, prior to last night um, when they played the Timberwolves. He deserves the first crack at that role because he's earned it. And if he continues on the trajectory that it looks that he's on based on what we've seen thus far in last night with his ability to hit the jump shot, then he's going to be the guy there. And I'm going to be satisfied with that because I like what he brings and the fact that he's always going to work hard. So uh, I guess when it comes to uh, Tyler Hero and uh, the points that we're expecting from him, uh, I, I definitely agree uh, about, you know, him may not being able to do 25 points a game. But I feel like if he, you know, if he has that mindset of a high scoring mindset every single game, he may not get there, but that'll ignite that aggressiveness. and. Uh, as long as his shot attempts are up, I feel like, you know, it'll be a great season for him. 
because I don't want to see games where he's not he's attempting two shots, you know, two shots in the first half or, you know, just anything below like six. You know what I mean? In the first half, like that's that's not an aggressive mindset, in my opinion. So I feel like he needs to have just a, a scoring mindset every single game just so he can have a successful performance. Yeah. And like I just want to quickly chime in because. You know, for me personally, I honestly don't care what Tyler Hero does in the regular season because, you know, we saw what he could do last year. You know, this was a guy that was coming out and averaging like 20-something points per game. And that's why he ended up getting um rookie of – I almost said rookie of the year, y'all. Forgive me. That's why that man got six man of the year. You know, like we know what he's capable of doing. I just want to see it in the playoffs, which is why – at the end of the day, like, whatever he does from October all the way till April, you know, when the regular season ends, like, it's not going to matter to me too much. Obviously, I hope he plays his best so we could win as much games as possible and get the highest seed we could possibly get. But, like, I'm not really focused on the way how he plays until the playoffs because I need to know, like, is he going to be there averaging the 20-something points per game that win a championship with you know is Jimmy gonna have that additional 20 point score that he can count on so that it doesn't seem like he's trying to carry the offense because at the end of the day you know that was the huge problem in the playoffs last year because you had a guy like Jimmy who was averaging you know 27 points per game and then the second best score for us was only averaging 14 and you can't have that much of a gap between your first and second best score on a playoff team and expect to win a championship you know so Overall, I just want to see what Tyler can do in the playoffs. Like, I already seen everything I need to see, you know, regarding what he can do in the 82 games that are about to come up. I just need to know that he can be there for us when it's time to win the 16 games that matter the most. But aside from that, um, let's see. Kay, you want to chime in real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Just to um, touch back on the point and tie a ball around what me and Taylor were discussing. I completely agree with you. There should be no world where Tyler Hero is averaging less than 15 field goal attempts per game. Anything from 14.5 on upward, I'm cool with. The man was a top 25 scorer for much of last season. So when you have that on your team, and especially after you just paid him, and you're a team that tends to go on offensive laws, whether that be in the middle of the game, the end of games, to begin games, and you have periods where you can't hit a shot, there should be no world, no time, no existence, no frame, no situation where Tyler Hero isn't taking 15 shots a game. And he should average that. Like I said, 14.5 and upward and everything above that as efficiently as possible, the better. I agree with you, Taylor. Just saying there's no discrepancy in how we feel there. We're on the same page. Um, and I was going to that playoff thing next, Joel. You're right. But I do want to be fair to the guy. Um, he has been banged up. And yeah, the only thing we've seen outside of that Boston thing in the bubble is a couple of spurts here and there. And I agree with you too. He does have to step up and show us that he's the same guy in the playoffs that he is in the regular season. I also just want to be fair about it. Um, last year, if he were there and healthy, you could say the same thing about Kyle Lowry, then, you know, a hundred percent healthy, I'd say, um, then it's very likely a different scenario. However, you know, um, if it was a fifth, then we all be intoxicated. You know what I mean? So I got to see it happen on the court as well. I totally agree. I just want to keep in mind that it isn't that he just hasn't performed. There are some, you know, circumventing circumstances, in some cases, not giving him a pass because he's still got to step up 
and earn this money that he so heavily vowed, vowed for and that many people have declared he deserved. But, you know, we want to see it as fans. Oh, yeah, I agree. And the thing for me is like, and, you know, I get the injuries and everything. And, you know, I, I'm very confident that he could really take off, you know, by this postseason. Because the thing for Tyler, I think, is now that he has this extension, there's basically this, you know, thing where now he knows that this team is bought into him. Because in the past, it's always, you know, he's always getting thrown into whatever trade package is possible. Like when a player is disgruntled or, you know, a team is looking for a trade for their start, you know, he's immediately thrown into whatever trade package that's out there. So if, you know, if you're someone like Tyler and you know that you don't got to worry about that, like you're locked into this team for the next five years. I think that alone should give you the confidence to just go out and just bowl out. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't got to worry about any of this stuff. You know, you don't got to worry about after having like a bad game that, you know, people are out here throwing you in a trade package for a guy like KD or a um, Donovan Mitchell, you know, like just simply go out and play your best basketball, you know, just don't worry about anything. And, you know, I see what you put in the chat, Taylor, like keep that same energy. <laughs> so, you know, and that's the thing. So, you know, if I'm Tyler, just do what you could do in the regular season. I get it. The injuries were a thing. So, you know, just try to be healthy come these 16 games. And you know what? Like I said, and just don't worry about the fear, you know, because this team, they trust in you. That's why they gave you that extension. You know, there's not a single thing that can happen to you right now. So just bowl out. There's no trade rumors to think about and just go from there. And let's see. I know you got a question you want to throw into the ring, George. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the rotation now. I know we spoke about this um, uh, last pod, but just say that the starting five solidified around um, uh, Hero playing shooting guard, Lowry point guard, uh, Jimmy, Caleb, Martin, and Bam. We, we just saw big minutes from, um, you know, Marcus Garrett actually played a few minutes as well. Drew Smith came in. Uh, Jamal Kane came in as well. High Smith came in. With Spoh's usual, you know, 10 to 11 man rotation, I, I think it's even harder now to, to figure out who he's going to play because I called Deadman the most clapped player I've ever seen in my entire life. That guy played terrible, but I know it's just one game. So if you're looking at the other role players, uh, you know, Max, we didn't have Gabe Vincent, we didn't have Oladipo or Jimmy Butler. They're all making their way in. So if you're looking at five to six of the players who are going to play behind the, um, you know, the starting five, you've got Rob, Duncan Robertson, you've got Oladipo, you've got Struess, You've got, uh, you know, uh, Gabe Vincent, Deadman, Yurt, Marcus Garrett. These players, Hayward Highsmith, Darius Days. These players all need minutes. So I, I, I just want to know from you guys, who do you think is going to be cut out of the rotation? I mean, just to be frank, man, I have to ask um, a couple of questions. Are we sure Tyler Hero is going to start? That's the first question. And the second question would be, are we sure that's what we want? Because I feel as though... By starting Tyler Hero, you have so much offense in that first unit that you're, in effect, clipping somebody's chance to blossom because you're talking about three or four different guys who all need the rock in their hands to be their best selves. Whereas if you're talking about a Max Struess or a Duncan Robinson even, those guys don't need the rock to do what they do at a very high level. Um, I'm of the mindset, and of course, I'm sure you guys have seen it, if not, um, you you all, not just you guys, sorry, ladies. 
Um, I'm sure you all have seen where Hero has said recently he's ready for whatever role he's given. Um, and I hope that's an insinuation that he's ready to continue to come off the bench and dominate second units in the beginning. And of course, he'll still play the money units and the money minutes with the first unit in closed quarters and closed halves and closed games because, you know, he's big money Tyler at the end of quarters and end of halves and end of games and things like that. But um, why not have two starting caliber units considering the fact that you can have either Duncan Depot and Tyler off the bench or Max Depot and Tyler off the bench, which is a starting unit, maybe on the middle of the pack to bottom tier team. But if that's your second unit, then I think you're winning. And why clip anybody's, you know, chance to blossom by putting them in a unit where they're not going to get rain over the rock. And that's another thing that I've been heavy on when it comes to Depot and Tyler Hero specifically rain over the rock, which means the amount of time that they're able to dominate the ball, the amount of time that they're able to operate the offense, the amount of time that they are the guy initiating from the top of the key is what's most important for both of those guys. And I think you get the most out of them by playing them both in the second unit. I 100% agree with you as well. I, th- I know you alluded to um, hero starting or not. I think that the, um, the the contract extension was a kind of a double-edged sword. It could be a good or bad thing for the Heat as well because once you've paid him, there's no – if he's upset, he's upset if he's not starting sort of thing like that. Like me personally, I'll deep on the sideline. It makes more sense having that, um you know, someone develop as a scorer as well. We've seen him in the past do it in Indiana. I'm not saying he's at the same level as he was back then, but to offer so much more on the other side of the rock as well to to, to not just be a scorer like Hero is, um, but to offer – uh, you know, a defensive leader in, in Victor Oladipo. Not that we need another one next to next to Jimmy. It's just nice to have someone else that can that can clamp up when we need him to. But Hero is only going to get better, in my opinion, playing in the starting lineup. I feel like he's he already showed that off the bench. He's a great scorer. And, I, I, and me personally, I'd love to see him come off the bench again. I just don't know how well it's going to go over with with him. But like I said before, how much does that actually matter? Now he's contracted. If he's upset, he's upset. It is what it is. But you want to keep your stars happy at the same time, and I don't see them paying him thirty, you know, thirty-three million dollars in four years if he's not intended to be a starter now. Um, I feel like they'll go with that now. Um, moving towards the end of the season, it's going to be interesting to see if Tyler Tyler's um, uh, performed to a level where they're happy to keep him in the starting lineup over players like Oladipo, like Max Struess as well. Um, and we know, like, I'm just going to chuck a wild card there. If Gabe Vincent starts to perform really, really well as well, and he uh, takes another leap like he did um, last year. Who knows if we, we we won't be seeing him in the same lineup as well? Like that's just my thinking moving into it. But that goes along with the entire team. That's why I love this team. The, the fact that there's a lot of depth in it as well. There's a lot of ways we can move. Um, you know, sideways, up, down, left, right. We can we can actually make a lot of moves um, in the rotation to to give us a different different outlook and uh, and help us on different sides of the ball. The only constant I see is that Duncan Robinson doesn't get any minutes in here. Um, I know that Spo wants to give him every opportunity to. Um, to, to flourish again and to really have uh you know a, a good year just to bring that trade value back up hopefully but i just don't see him getting minutes in this rotation the starting shooting go is going to be uh, a topic throughout the season because regardless of if hero starts it we don't know how you know how Spo's going to do it moving forward so i guess i just have more of a question for um for you all more than a, than a comment so within that second unit let's say um perhaps it's Ty, uh, Depot, and Struess coming in in that second unit. What do you all 
feel like their specific role should be? Because I know like a lot of them are very interchangeable at times, but what do you think their specific roles could be just to make that, um, to make the team successful? Because if, if they come in and, you know, Tyler's, you know, hopefully going to be getting at least 20 or something and Jamie's going to help, you know, hopefully be scoring, Bam's going to be scoring. How, if they can't get their ball, you know, if they can't get their hands on the ball to score, what should their role be? Or should it be like facilitating? So they focus more on defense? Should it be providing more energy? What do you all think their specific role should be? I think that you hit the nail on the head with your question, Taylor. Like as far as Depot and, and, and George kind of said it too. As far as Depot goes, he would be the most suited to play in the first lineup because even if you're not getting that offensive potency out of him, which you need, I mean, and I'm sure he's adept now because he's just that good of a player to be able to play off ball and make some things happen. You're just not going to get full bang for your buck if you don't have the ball in Depot's hands. But um, as alluded to and as mentioned, he offers you so much more in other areas of the game and tangibles work and especially that defense, shout out to Jalen Brown. I'm sure he's still having nightmares about what happened to him in the final with the conference finals. Um, I mean, you know, so that would probably be his role, but there isn't really a role for Tyler if he's not scoring the ball. I mean, he's shown that he can facilitate. I will say that he's an above average rebounder for guard, but if Tyler's in the game, you want that dude shooting his shots. So that's kind of why I say in that second unit, to be quite frank with Struss being a guy, Struess being a guy that you want to do more on the ball because he has a lot more game than he's shown to, which is something that we'll talk about, I'm sure, as we move forward, because I love me some Max Struess. He just got to love himself as much as I love him. But anyway, um, he can play and operate off ball. So with Depot and Tyler in that second unit, those guys can kind of be like a your turn, my thing. And because Depot has traditionally been a guy that has played that point guard at a very high efficient level with Indiana some, with Orlando some, some even in OKC, um, I mean, you look at it as a situation where he can do that, but then if Tyler wants to bring the ball up the court, he can do it. But then, of course, as I mentioned, you splice those guys in with the first unit based on who needs a rest, what you might need who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup. But again, to just answer your question, Depot can do anything for you as far as defense with that first unit, intangible to dirty stuff, and be a scorer on that second unit with rain over the rock. But if Tyler's not scoring, I don't know if there's a role I want for him. I, I, I agree with that because um, I feel like the reason we um, gave him the extension was because of his scoring abilities. So if he weren't to be scoring I feel like someone's gonna have to step in and take his place and uh whether that's Max Strews whether that's um you know Depot or whoever um because I do feel like um you know when healthy uh Oladipo is way more versatile than Tyler clearly so as long as Tyler steps up you know you know whether he has a starting position or or he's coming off the bench I feel like he just needs to execute and he'll, you know, have whatever spot, whatever role he becomes, you know, during, during the season, he'll have that secured. But, um, but yeah, I definitely feel like Victor uh, Oladipo has to have that, um, like, like I said with Tyler, he has to be aggressive as well. And uh, that second unit has to come in with that same energy. So I guess that's what we have to look at, who's going to come in with the same energy, who's going to match the energy of the starters, or if the starters are having low energy, who's going to bring that energy who's going to come in and 
at at some points to the board because we're we're known for having you know some scoring droughts every now and then in the games. So we just have to look at that and see what they're bringing to the table because if you're not bringing anything, Spo's going to find someone that is. So right, and I just got to say, like y'all are spitting because you know what? When you first asked the question, Kate, in my mind I was thinking like. You know, he has to start because at the end of the day, like he is on a max contract. But then you bring up like the way how it is and, you know, how so much players might need the ball in that lineup. And, you know, it makes me think and it's you guys brought up some really good points and it's going to be very interesting to see what Spo does. At the end of the day, whatever that man does, I do not care because. Y'all know whatever Spo is cooking up, you know, it's always going to be some A-plus work. So I- I'm just going to see what happens and just go from there. But, you know, we were talking about Tyler Hero, and I now want to talk about a specific aspect of the starting lineup, and that's specifically revolving around, you know, the starting four, because there's still been a bit of a debate regarding who should hop in there. You know, should we have a um, front court of Caleb and Bam? Should we have it with Bam and Yurt, with Yurt at the five? I believe yesterday, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure it was Yurt at the four and Bam at the five. So that's another possibility to put out there. Also, another thing to throw up in there is maybe other players you got in mind. Like some people want to say that maybe Struess should be the four. I don't know about that, but there's that too. Like, is there any idea you guys have in mind regarding what that starting front court should be? Who wants to take this one? Of course. I, I'm speaking again, right? Um, listen, man, I was of the mindset. I suggested this a couple of weeks back on All You Can Heat as well. Is Bam Adebayo the real answer at the power forward position? Um, now, I know that is a paradox when thinking about the high praise I gave Caleb Martin earlier, um, but both things can be true. If you want to go with a more traditional lineup in respect to what the Miami Heat have done over the last couple of years, then Caleb Martin is your answer, hands down. And he deserves that opportunity. Again, not to rehash all of that, but after what I saw in the first preseason game, I want to see more. Um, but if you're going to go with what you, you know, what we saw last night and what you just mentioned, Joe, with the two bigs at the four and the five, um, then I think you'll see a combination of either Bam and your or Bam and Deadman. Um, because as we've also alluded to, and as we all know, Spo isn't a guy that's locked into any statue or any cement process. Um, the Spo says is whatever works tonight, that's what we're going to do. But if I had to make a choice, I would probably take a Bam Deadman lineup if I was going to start two bigs right now. Because just based on what I saw in the lone preseason game, and I'll admit, I didn't see all of it. I watched highlights and bits and pieces. But Yurt is still having trouble when it comes to that defensive awareness. Um, Yurt still allows things that a seven-foot dude shouldn't allow. And I'm not saying he should block every shot or stop every bucket. But if you're seven-foot, 250, there is no world where a guy should be getting a wide-open layup and you're standing mid-paint looking at him. And you were the role guy on the defending end. There's no world. I can't have that. And that's been a problem that's existed since he first got to Miami, which is the only reason I'm bringing it up still. So if I had to choose a two-big lineup, it would be Deadman. Now, let me throw a wild card in there. He only got seven minutes last night, so if I was going to try to make that case, it isn't looking good right now. I wouldn't mind seeing a Jovic-Bam lineup. And I forgot to mention this with Yerdon-Bam to address your question, Joe. 
they were interchangeable. Neither was the four and neither was the five. Depending on where they lined up in the break, that's who played the four, that's who lined up on the outside, and that's who lined up on the block. But I like to see that same situation with whoever he's playing with. Because as we got to remember, if we had to choose one of our bigs that was the best three-point shooter, it's probably Dwayne Dedman. But when you throw a Jovic in there, if he can catch up and get up to speed, his versatility would also allow him to be interchangeable. So you can go either way with it. I wouldn't be mad. Again, I trust both. Yeah, I want to chime in on this as well. Um, I mentioned it before. I said Denver was collapsed. He played seven minutes, and that was seven of the worst minutes of basketball I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'm sorry to sound like a pessimist. Uh, Yurt looks like a like a baby goat and not in a good way. He he can't move his feet the right way. Um, hopefully, it takes you know some experience, some time from him to really um to really improve. Uh, just an overall, um, you know, big man. If, if he he plays like he's a frail six like six foot two. But he's seven foot two fifty. You need to absolutely be enforcing yourself in the paint. Uh, but I feel like it might come with some confidence as well. We saw Spo run that two big man lineup last year. I feel I feel like it's situational. It was um more uh he, he kind of played around with the 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 dead men and bam lineup as well. I don't feel like starting with that lineup is gonna be good for anyone at, at any point in time. But like I said, it's situational. When you're versing teams like the Pelicans. Or like Minnesota, who have massive front courts with you know Gobert and um and Cat, and on the other side it's it's Zion and um and not Stephen, I'm sorry, Valanciunas. So you need to really position yourself to real to 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 get the best result anytime. You're not going to run a two big man lineup against Golden State when they have Wiggins, Steph Curry, Thompson, and and Jordan Poole. You're not about to be playing there because you're not going to be able to chase them off the line. You're going to go more towards playing small ball, and um I feel like. Spoh's got lineups in mind for any situation. But look, Bam's the only constant. Keeping him at the five is probably the best move, best moving forward because it takes a lot of the pressure off whoever's coming in as well, unless it's Deadman. Deadman just needs to sit in the paint, hit a trail three and block some shots. That's what he does. Um, he's there to get fouls when we need him to. Uh, but look, I'm, I'm I'm a bit more, a bit less pessimistic than I was moving in. I feel like this, there's definitely ways we can position ourselves to get the best result. I thought that size was a problem. Um, that would be a problem if we started Jovic. Jovic just looks tiny in the sense of like he needs to get some minutes under him, get some time in the weight room to really um, fill out that build. Because if he was, you know, if he had a 20, 20 or 30 pounds of, of of muscle and fat onto that frame, he'd be insane because he already can shoot the rock. We know that um, just needs more time. Hopefully putting him in the G League can, can help him a little bit. I feel like that's where they're going to go with him. But um, regardless, I'd love to see what uh, I suppose is going to chuck out there. I agree with everything you said. I really don't have anything to add. Um, again, a thousand percent agree with everything you said. And the people seem to want to hear from Joel, so I'm going to move out the way quickly and let him talk. But matchup-wise, I say this. We might need to start a Jovic, Bam, uh, Yurt, or Deadman lineup if what I'm looking at down in Orlando is true because I saw a report that they're experimenting with the Paolo, Bobo, Wendell Carter lineup. I'm just saying. Yeah, and to hop in there, I mean, I agree, too, because, like, some of these um, front courts that you're looking at in the NBA, like, they're honestly interesting to look at. Like, for example, you know, one lineup that I was really hoping to see yesterday that we didn't was, you know, seeing that front court of Cat and Gobert, because I would have wanted to see what the Heat would have put up against those two specifically. And, you know, while we did have um, Yur and Bam in our front court, you know, would have I don't know if that's that would have been the lineup if those two were playing, but 
you know, that is something to think about. And overall, like, I'm going to just go back to my own question real quick and say this. You know, the main person that I feel like I would start at the four is probably Caleb. Like, it all depends on, you know, the type of lineup you're going against. So, like you mentioned, Kate, because, you know, if we're going up against a team, you know, I'm not really too worried about Orlando. But, like, if it's a team like, um, you know, like I said, Minnesota, where they got that front court of, you know, friggin' uh, Cat and Gobert, I would definitely consider maybe switching up the lineup a bit just to match up with their size. And, you know, that's something to look at. But, you know, overall, you know, it just goes back to what Spo's going to do because we know he has no problem in switching up the lineups. You know, I, I forgot which season it was. I don't know if it was this past season, but there was a point where we was leading the league with like the most types of lineups in just one year alone, which was insane to think about. And it just shows you exactly how well Spo goes into all this and really thinks about like, hey, what should we do to really mix things up when we're going against this specific team? So, you know, it's definitely going to be something interesting to see throughout this season. And, like, I'm a little skeptical with some of the bigs we got because I know you're – I don't want to overreact because, you know, this is preseason, but I still think you could still use a little more work. And when it comes to Deadman, I mean, I'm not going to lie with y'all. I'm mentally done with Deadman, all right? Because, you know, I don't know if y'all saw, like, what this man would do, like, in the playoffs. Like, this dude would just foul everyone, and it would get to the point where we'd be almost near the bonus situation. So, honestly, I just don't know what to say about him. You know, like, really, I just look at your and be like, okay, you're our main big after Bam. So, like, you just got to go out and do what you got to do. And even then, I'm still a bit skeptical about him. So, for me, when it comes to the lineup, I'm mainly looking at Caleb as the number one answer for the four with Bam at the five. But, yeah, if down the line, if we're going against teams that, you know, they got some interesting front courts, you know, I'm going to just leave that up to Spo and see if he wants to mix things up. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Spo is, you know, he, he has a lot of respect around the league and, you know, what he's done in the past with different lineups that he's had. Uh, you know, he he's a genius when it comes to this stuff. So, you know, there are some decisions sometimes where I don't understand completely what he was thinking, but I know when it comes to that stuff, he knows what he's doing because, you know, like, like we saw back in the day, he, you know, to everyone else, it looked like a whole bunch of nobodies, you know what I mean? On the court, you know, before they proved themselves, but he made those lineups work. And so, you know, now those, you know, names are huge names like Norris Cole, you know, like all them, like they, people looked at them like they were nobodies, but Spo you know, put them in the right positions, put them with the right people and put them with the right lineups. And now that, you know, they're big names. So I feel like as long as um, we, you know, we just trust and in, in we trust, you know, uh, he'll, he'll find someone to fill in that spot. If that, if something's lacking, if facilitating's lacking, if scoring's lacking, if energy's lacking, uh, like I said before, he's going to, if someone's not doing what they're supposed to do, I feel like we're deep enough on that line. On our, on our on our roster for a spot to find someone who's ready who's ready for their moment right and I'm, I'm glad she brought that up Taylor because at the end of the day in spot we trust y'all know how it is and like I said we're just gonna sit back see spot cook and then just go from there so 
overall, we basically hit on everything. But before we close it out, thank you all for tuning in. And a special thanks to Taylor, George, and Kay for all hopping in today. That were great. And then also make sure to follow us on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. We got a lot of stuff cooking up your way, so please tune in. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube channel at Heat vs. The World Podcast and make sure to drop the subscribe as we're getting ready to bring that channel up. And I'm telling y'all, we got a lot of big things heading your way. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode. We out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.